big boobs, little boobs, curvy, petite, introvert, extrovert, loud, quiet. You, my friend, perfect, exactly the way you are right now. I'm Steph, your host, the big boobed introvert CEO of Confetti Curves, and I'm going to remind you that confidence comes from loving all that you are right now. Shall we get started? Hello, welcome back to Confident in Your Curves. Today is yet another episode where I'll probably be crying. Um, <laughs> Sasha already am. But today I am sharing more of my story about my abusive relationship. I've just gotten back from breakfast with my stepdad where I disclosed to him for the first time that I was in an abusive relationship with my ex and explaining to him so many elements of the things that went on during that relationship and it was both empowering and the biggest like trust in myself that I'm now in a safer place and I'm okay to share my story that I've had in a while um and it's only a week since I've gotten back from Perth and I went through like my intensive therapy session and I'm stepping like really strongly into the power that I've gained from that. And <laughs> I guess to set the scene because it's probably a bit of a funny story actually. Um, but also I will, sorry, before I get into that story, <laughs> um, the purpose of today's episode is three things not to say to somebody when they disclose to you that they're in an abusive relationship. Now, I should give my stepdad credit here. He did not say any of these. These have just been other people that I have been... Other things that have been said to me when I have disclosed elements to them. And I think it's something that if we can educate people, it's not, it's not the right thing to say in that situation. Um, so, I guess today's structure is I will um, tell you the story of going to breakfast with my stepdad. And then I will go through the top three and why they are really shitty things to say to people who have just disclosed to you that they were in an abusive relationship. Okay, <laughs> so this morning um, we had organised uh, my stepdad and I to go out for breakfast and he's usually an early morning person as am I. So at like nine o'clock I sent him a message being like, um, like <laughs> I'm up, are we still doing breakfast? Um, and he didn't call or message for ages and I was like oh he's 72 and I know that he went out last night like maybe I should um do a wellness check and I was like I'll give him another hour and if he's not awake in an hour then I'll go by and check on him um didn't make it to the hour he did call me and he's like oh Steffi girl I'm so sorry I am so hungover I don't even remember getting home last night and it was honestly <laughs> the funniest thing. Um, my mum's away at the moment, so he was out with mates last night. And <laughs> it seems like he had a really great time. So I picked him up and we went out for breakfast. And we were talking about how I had put in a boundary with my ex and told him that I needed the key to my garage back and he no longer had access to the dogs whenever he wanted them. And he made a comment he's like oh gosh like you know that was really strong of you but like you know like why are you like why have you cut him off and I was like our relationship was abusive and he goes oh was he a bit controlling and I was like well yeah he was super controlling um 
I was in a relationship where I wasn't allowed to have my phone when I was alone, where I wasn't free to see my friends or leave the house without him. Uh, I was often threatened that if I stood up for myself, then he would kill himself and that I would be responsible for that and had been told the location of where to find him and a lot of things like that. And I love my stepdad so much. (laughs) We were at a cafe. We were at a cafe and he cried with me as I shared my story. And in his completely hungover state was so supportive and just allowed me to share what I was comfortable in sharing and not ask too many questions, but just to kind of show that he was a safe space to speak. And I felt so good in that space to allow me to just talk and to share the levels that I was comfortable sharing. And it felt really empowering to be able to stand there and just share the tidbits of what I lived through for two years. And how I had all of my strength and my will taken away from me in those moments. And how I've been on this journey this year to really find my voice and to find my strength again. And it was so loving and so caring. And he... He's like, I know you need to tell your mum this. And I know that I do too. But I've been really worried about how she'll react. My mum's a fixer. And I know that she would want to try and fix this situation. But I've been doing a lot of work and I have... I am fixing this. And one of my big issues is I've never wanted to burden people with my problems and I really feel like some of this is a burden and something that my mum will feel guilty about because she didn't see it at the time and it's a really hard thing for me to admit because I am still working on the shame of being in this relationship for as long as I was and it's this is something I wish I I don't know I wish I could get past because it's something that we victims shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel shame for being in that relationship you did the best that you could and you are free now and that is fucking incredible And there should be no shame and no one should ever make you feel shameful for being in that. And I am forgiving myself and I am doing the work to let go of the negative self-talk that I've had about this relationship. But yes, I feel, I feel a ball of emotions. Like as you can tell, I'm crying, but I feel amazing that I've been able to have 
a conversation and I don't feel like I need to protect my abuser anymore. I can tell my story from my perspective and I think that's going to be a theme on the podcast for a little while because I need to get my story off my chest and let it be free. (sighs) Okay, so (laughs) let's get into the top three things. I don't think you should ever say to someone that's disclosed to you that you were in an abusive relationship. Number one. Oh, well, I hope it was just verbal abuse because it's not that bad. This one came up when I disclosed to a lady um, about my abuse. And they were like, oh, I hope it was just verbal. And I was like, no, it wasn't. But verbal abuse is still abuse. I think society still has a little way to go to understanding that verbal abuse and control can fuck with you completely and mentally and is as, like, there is, like, I don't have to justify how bad my abuse was or what kind of abuse it was for you to understand that I was in an abusive relationship verbal sexual physical control coercive control like all of these things are abuse and none is like there isn't a scale of abuse like all abuse is abuse and that that's it that's end of story like you don't need to justify to anyone that your abuse was enough abuse to be considered abuse um so let's just not ask people that question or even say things like that. If someone is finally like has the strength to disclose to you that they're abused, this is your opportunity to provide a safe space and to listen and not to try and fix the problem, not to make the problem feel smaller, not to make it as though that you're not there to dismiss, like you were just there as eyes and ears and a face and a safe space for someone to talk to and in that moment you don't have to do anything you can ask them what they need from you or what they want from you because a lot of people don't want a solution they don't want like you know like a little like throwaway line they just need a safe space and that's it. The number two thing, and I'm so sorry that I am so like nasally and emotional in this. I just needed to get this emotion out. <laughs> the second thing, and this one, this one is a bad one. Why did you stay for so long? Like, if it was that bad, why did you stay? This can- <laughs> This, when I was talking to someone on a date and we were talking about my relationship that I had been in and I was explaining all of the horrific things that had happened and they just casually said, why did you stay? Like, I don't understand why you would stay for so long. And honestly, that comment threw me in a shame spiral that led to a depressive state for four weeks. Like, it brought up all of the emotions that I had been working on myself 
because I felt so stupid for being in this relationship and I felt so much shame that I stayed and I felt weak because I had stayed and because I didn't have the strength to stand up for myself earlier in the relationship and I had let this person walk all over me and take advantage of me for so long and it's not okay to ask that question just take it away I don't care if you're curious it is not something that you should ever ask someone because you don't know the control that they were under you don't know the manipulation that was going on behind the scenes you don't know the emotional blackmail or financial control or any of the little like granular control like things that go on behind the scenes and you don't know how that's going to impact someone a lot of these comments you don't know what they're still processing themselves and to have a question like that thrown at them could really fuck you up so let's not ask people why they stayed let's just no, no let's just wipe that one from our curiosity and the third and final one <laughs> well it's over now so you should just let it go <laughs> And I know if you've ever, like, if you can relate to this because you've been in, even, not even in an abusive relationship, just a relationship. Just because it's over doesn't mean the wounds are healed or that it's magically fixed. The damage and the insecurities and the little, like, seeds that were planted in your mind can take years to undo. And, like, some people can never, like, have never been able to get past them because of the psychological damage that was done. So if someone's disclosing to you, if someone's just having a conversation, understand that this is a part of their process and their process of healing the wounds and finding their power again. And let's not like make throwaway lines of, it's over, get over it. Because you know what? You don't have to get over it right away. You have the tool like you need to seek the tools and to do the work to be able to get through it yourself and no one saying you know just get over it is gonna help the only thing that's gonna do is make it a shit ton worse so <laughs> let's not let's not do that let's just ignore that little guy and not bring up that um okay i feel like i have uh allowed enough by snotty talking today and shared a little bit more um i know these solo step episodes have only been short 15 minutes but it's kind of my capacity at the moment to talk about these things and i just want to get the thoughts out and to share them and to kind of move on uh while I continue to heal and find this strength and this like energy to continue to share and disclose and the things that I'm learning during this process. So if any of this has brought up like feelings in you, there's some like helpful links in the um, show notes of um, some professionals that you can reach out to. And as always, I'm on Instagram at Confetti Curves if you want to have a chat. Um, I really appreciate the people that have taken the time to share their stories with me and allowed a conversation to happen. It's a really beautiful thing that 
you know, we can go through such fucking horrific things and then be able to find connection with each other in these. So thank you to those ladies that I've spoken to. I really, truly appreciate it. If you just had as much fun as we did, come follow us on Instagram at Confetti Curves, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.